You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Uh, and... John Callis, we waited. You know, normally we have these uh, podcasts up for you for the morning commute, uh, as we mentioned there in the open, and we record them the night before, typically, so that you'll have them first thing in the morning, and we didn't do that last night because we wanted to wait until John Calipari spoke today, uh, which he has, you know, to address the Ashton Hagen situation that happened on Tuesday night against Tennessee, uh, and anything else. Just thought it would be uh, better if we reacted to that um, before this the season finale at Florida. Kyle is actually at the airport, uh, about to board a plane uh, to head down to Gainesville and see Kentucky's one o'clock tip off against the Gators uh, tomorrow. So Calipari was asked about it. Uh, I think maybe like the the second question, and then you had a follow up to it, and he brushed it off as heat of the moment. Uh, stuff like that happens, you know, I get emotional too. And that was pretty much it. I thought that was, that second part of it was the most interesting because we talked about how Cal was kind of unhinged in that game Mm -hmm. and screaming from start to finish. And he basically said, so I don't get mad when they are the same. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you have to have a a level of respect where they can't disrespect you and all of that. But I also think it would be really disingenuous when you set a tone like Cal set in that game and sometimes right. has with those guys that they couldn't have any give and take any back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I think that was probably, that's, I think that's probably what I expected more or less what I expected Cal to say. I certainly didn't expect him to come out and say like, you know, Ashton Hagen's ain't going to talk to me like that, you know? <laughs> right. Um, and, and like the thing lost in this whole, um, kerfluffle about that is Ashton went in the game. <laughs> Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this is a much bigger story if he actually didn't go in or if he got up and went to the locker room. Uh, but he didn't. He went in the game, and he didn't, like, lay down either. Um, he did, didn't play perfectly, but he did make some big plays after that interaction. So I think it's – I think it is kind of some expected um, coach and player back and forth. I don't think I don't think anybody was worried about the player interactions. Cam mm-hmm. Brook, Brooks talked about that again today. Um he said, uh, it was also, by the way, that there was a very much a management of the situation by UK by bringing EJ Montgomery and Keon Brooks to the interviews <laughs> uh, because everybody wanted to talk to Ashton Hagens and maybe Tyrese Maxey. Um, right. But uh, Keon said, look, I've been on teams where this has happened and it's not a bad thing. It's just guys caring and, you know, you're not always going to be on the same page and you need to be able to talk to each other. And sometimes that's not nice, you know, the way you talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought that was all pretty well deflected. It was obvious, I think, Cal didn't really want to be there. And he made a joke at the end when he was asked about coronavirus that he was looking into having media gatherings canceled because he didn't know where our hands had been. Right. Uh, uh, but, I, you know, I don't and think And then he, he coughs and, like, it, takes his cough and, like, throws it toward the media. Yeah, it was pretty gross. He coughed <laughs> like a wet, phlegmy cough into his hand and... <laughs> 
I, I don't know if I would have done that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but. Uh, and he yeah. didn't, to be clear, he didn't throw the, like, he just made a motion like he was right. know, spreading a virus yes. to yes. the media. Which yeah. he very well might have been by coughing into the air. Um, <laughs> and he had just finished talking about how he, you know, telling his hand, his players to wash their hands and all that stuff. Um, but no, I didn't think he really wanted to be there. Um, although. Yeah, I think that was apparent. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to. Um, you know, I don't think any of the coaches or players ever want to sort of publicly um, dissect uh, one a bad loss and two like some potentially internal turmoil. Right. Um, but I will say this: I talked to people yesterday um, after practice, and all of them told me they had a great day of practice. And then Keon came in and said he was in a really good mood today. Uh, that Calipari was in a really good mood yesterday at practice, uh, and that they went hard and all that stuff. And so. Um, you know, I, I, I teeter back and forth between thinking that Tennessee game, the collapse and all the drama was like a big loud warning, you know, siren that, the, that it's the wheels are going to come off quick Yeah. or, you know, and then I teeter between that and maybe, maybe it, it, as we've said before, like maybe it's the like snap back to reality that they needed. Uh, not, maybe not just for players, like. You know, maybe we can get into it in the next segment. But one of the things I think about, I think I think we may be about to see a tweak, uh, and it may be a tweak that they needed to have something disastrous happen before they were willing to make it. Um, so I think it, both coaches and players, this may have been just kind of a like, okay, some stuff's got to change. Yeah. Well, I, I, I knew at the time um, that a lot of what we were talking about and what was out there uh, was was overreaction. And then I hosted uh, Tom Leach's show. I filled in for him on Wednesday, no, Thursday, Thursday morning. And, uh, I mean, I spent a whole segment with Mike Pratt and another whole segment with Justin Rowland um, pretty much talking about it. And I, and I knew then that it was still overreaction. But you have to talk about it, um, and you have to kind of figure out what it means and what it is. Um, but I think at the end of the day, what it is is it is something that's not for public consumption, really. Like the sideline of a football game where it's really emotional. Uh, inside a locker room. Uh, some of the stuff that goes on, like uh, I always refer to HBO's football show, um, Hard Knocks. When you watch that, you get a better idea of what it's really like. They pull the curtain back some. And that's not always pretty. Because it's not, it, again, it's not for... Uh, public consumption it's it's within a team and so when that stuff goes on we may look at it and go "Ooh, this is not good this is not good and really uh to them it's it's not a big deal it's not much at all well i mean if, uh, you, if, if you've ever been in any kind of relationship friendship where you you know in college and you had a roommate that you you know person you loved and you're probably still friends with but if you didn't if you had a roommate in college and you guys didn't throw down with each other at yeah. some point uh, I'd be shocked if you've ever been married. Right. You, I mean, I, you know, I know there's some people that make me want to choke them who say they never fight, and that's fine, <laughs> but I don't believe them. Uh, I think if you don't fight when you're married, then you just have a partner who's just silently thinking about ways to kill you in your sleep. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, ha you, ha you have it out with people that you're close to. Yeah. Uh, and when you're work trying to work together on something and everybody's got their own ideas, I mean, you argue. And, yeah. you know, you argue at work. I mean, who hasn't had arguments at work? So I, I think, 
it's not necessarily like a death knell that right. it happened, but they've got a. What we'll find out Saturday is like, can they address it the right way? That's right. the that's the question now. Like, we'll, I think we'll know more about we'll know more about how serious what happened Tuesday was when we see how they play on Saturday. I think is one way to put it. Well, listen, don't miss this Sunday's episode of Out of Bounds with Maria Montgomery, Alex Walker, and me. If you're a UK fan, this show is for you. Out of Bounds, Sunday nights at 1030 on Fox 56. And you can, of course, read all of Kyle's work on theathletic.com, like what comes out of that Florida game. Go there and check out his work. Now, if your business is looking to reach men ages 18 to 44, then Locked On Kentucky is where you want to be. 98% of our listeners are men and 80% between ages 18 to 44. Let us help you bring them. Let us, let us help you bring them to you. Our rates are very reasonable. Email me at lockedonky at gmail.com. Lockedonky at gmail.com so we can get started on helping grow your business. All right, coming up next on Locked On Kentucky, we'll continue uh, to discuss this matchup with Florida and some of what come out, came out of John Calipari's meeting with the media on Friday. You are Locked On Kentucky. Your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, we're back here on Locked On Kentucky, and we're talking about um, what John Calipari had to say on uh, this morning uh, about you know the Ashton Hagen situation, which he didn't get into much. And um, uh, I, I'm not gonna, I, I'm not brushing it off the way he did. And I just talked about how we overreact to things, but I, I still think there is a little something uh, there because. They go and blow a 17-point lead. Had, had Kentucky won the game, you know, this yeah. might have the reaction to this might have been just that. Uh, right. From fans and everybody. Oh, it's heat of the moment. Uh, you know, they all get emotional. But the fact was that Kentucky blew a 17-point lead. And you mentioned uh, that he might have a, a tweak, and it might have been this game uh, that brings it out. So yeah. expand on that a little bit. Well, and and – Part of the reason that it's a little bit alarming with Hagen's, you know, as much as you want to just dis- dismiss it as heat of the moment, is, you know, why was Hagen's upset? Why did he not want to go back in the game? And I think there's a good case to be made that the reason why is because when he went out with eight minutes to go in the first half with two fouls and didn't come back, uh, they grew the lead from seven to 11. And when he got his first foul, his third foul, uh, 26 seconds into the second half and went out, they grew the lead from 11 to 17. So yeah. the lead went from 7 to 17 at the end of the first and beginning of the second half without Ashton Hagens. The entirety of that burst by Kentucky where he thought, oh, my God, they're going to kill him, um, yeah. was directed with Tyrese Maxey at the point guard. And so was there some jealousy there? And that, so that makes, if there's a tweak and they go to putting the ball more in Maxey's hands, is that going to fly with Ashton Hagens? And so I would guess if they are going to do that or do it some, um, there will be some conversations with Ashton Higgins. I still think he can be great for them playing and playing off the ball. There have been times this season where both those guys are in the game, but the ball is ultimately, you know, the primary ball handler has been Maxi, and they've mm-hmm. been fine. You can still do some stuff uh, with Ashton Higgins uh, running the baseline, probing his own. You can do some things uh, with him where even if Tyrese Maxi is your primary ball handler, he can be a creator and he can, uh, you know, be kind of the second passer. Um, and get get hit open guys. Uh, I think it's 
he's become problematic when he's, you know, at the top of the key, pounding the rock and then driving, you know, driving into a, a crowd in the lane and making decisions on, you know, on the fly. He's not been good at it. Just plainly, Higgins has not been good at that. Um, and, and he's not good at finishing. And so the thing you have Yeah, with, I mean, he hit these little bunnies. That, I mean, right. right at the rim, right yeah. at the rim. What was it, the one in the game where it just kind of, it almost stopped yes. on the rim and, and laid and there? Some of that it's, feels like bad luck, but I mean, this is two years of this, yeah. you know, of him not finishing. And what, we, what you have with Maxi is when he takes off, he's got a purpose, and he has a shot that he makes very at a very, very high rate with that floater. Mm-hmm. And so who do you want attacking uh, the lane, a guy who, um, you know, has a way to finish and has turned it over far less, especially lately, or the guy who continues to drive in there and miss or drive in there and turn it over. So, and then the other thing I did, you know, is go back and look, um, one at a quote from the summer, there were a handful of writers who do a summer round table with Cal Perry. And I was in there back in August, maybe. And one of the things that he said that I held on to, and then it kind of disappeared because it didn't go this way, but I went back and found for a story that I'm writing on an airplane today, I think, for the athletic. Um, he said of Tyrese, he said, sorry about that, the airport lady. Yeah, it's 12.30 when we're talking right now on Friday. It's 12.30. Yeah, um, thanks. He said, I told uh, Tyrese's father yesterday, this was back in the summer, that at some point he'll have to do what De'Aaron Fox did, which is take over. At some point, De'Aaron didn't do it, and I can remember calling him into my office in late January and saying, kid, it's time. This is your team. That was about Tyrese in the summer, and I thought, I kind of thought then there was a chance that by the mid-year, maybe Tyrese was the dominant ball handler. And it didn't really work out that way. But it actually, you know, when the season started, it kind of looked that way. Because if you'll remember, and I went back and watched the final 12 minutes of the Michigan State game in the opener in the Garden. Yeah. And over the last 12 minutes of that game, Tyrese Maxey was almost exclusively the ball handler. They just gave it to Tyrese, even if Hagens was in the game. And some of it he was out. But when Hagens was in, he would dribble the ball up and then immediately hand it off to Tyrese. And Tyrese would circle around and start running the offense. He was the primary ball handler. And in in the last 12 minutes of that Michigan State game, when he kind of started going to that, K- Kentucky was up four. And they immediately got uh, – Emmanuel quickly opened for a three, got fouled. Amazingly, Khalil Whitney hit a three, got an open three and hit it. Nate Sestina uh, hit an open three all in a row. And in a blink, it was 13 points. Um, yeah. And overall, during that time when Tyrese Maxey was the primary ball handler in the final 12 minutes against the number one team in the country in the first game of his college career, Kentucky was 7 of 12 from the field, one turnover, 19 points in, 14, uh, 19 points in 15 possessions. Um, it was <laughs> yeah, pretty very, good. It was very good. And they've, you know, there have been a few other times where they did that, where they would just kind of put the ball in his hands. Louisville, at times, they did that. Um, he can do it. And, you know, Keon Brooks said today, uh, you know, we practice every day with Tyrese at the point guard. So they, this is not something that like would just be like a crazy late season wrinkle that they hadn't practiced or they hadn't implemented. We know it can work. The, the real question about it is whether or not Ashton Hagens would accept it. 
you know, would he take that? Would he yeah. pout? And and I think to that end, I asked Cal, I brought up that quote today from the summer about, you know, we're going to go to you. It's your team now. And he said, we do that some. And he said, but one point he made was that this team is more than any he's had, I think he said, mm-hmm. is a is a game-by-game basis. Because some games right. it's going to be Emmanuel's the hot hand and we're giving it to him and everybody get out of the way. And sometimes it'll be Tyrese and sometimes it'll be Nick. Um but he did say Tyrese is growing up before our eyes. He's making winning plays, um, you know, and, yeah, there will be times where we put the ball in his hand. So I think we're going to see more and more of that, especially, you know, maybe maybe you start the game out with Ashton as the guy, but if he can't, if he can't do what you keep asking him to do and he just won't do it, then I don't think they have a choice. And, you know, as plan Bs go, the, th- the thing that's weird about, like, like this is why have a starting lineup with three point guards if you're not going to use it? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. you know, it's a pretty valuable thing if Fashion Hagens is in this horrible slump to just slide Tyrese Maxey, I don't know, the best combo guard in America in the high school class of 2019, um, who can get his own shot, uh, slide him over there. So I'd be pretty surprised at this point if we don't see a lot more of that over the next however however long the season is. By the way, it's crazy to think the the season could be three more games. I mean, I don't think it will be, but they have one more regular. They have three more games guaranteed. One more right. regular season, mm-hmm. one SEC tournament, one NCAA tournament, unless they win. So you know, this could be a three-game experiment, or it could be. Uh, a nine-game experiment. Well, I, I can't remember which game it was, but it was recently, within the last month, where uh, Hagen's got in foul trouble, uh, and Kentucky started turning the ball over against the press. Um, I can't remember which one it was. Uh, but So Tyrese Maxey was, was at the point, and Calipari said in the postgame, yeah, that's not how we... That's not how we handle the press. What are we doing throwing it side to side? And Tyrese is just not ready to be a point guard yet. He's not ready to run the point, run the team. Not not ready yet. Uh, I thought that was interesting, too, because he said that a couple times, sort of unprompted this year, that Tyrese is not ready to run the team yet. Um, and if you really think about the context of that, they know they have Tyrese Maxey for one year. So what does that mm-hmm. mean, not ready to run the team yet? It doesn't mean yeah. next year. Right. So they thought, and if you and you can couple that with the preseason thoughts, they thought too at some point he's going to overtake Ashton Hagens. He's yeah. going to be running this team. So the idea that he's not ready to run the team yet uh, mm-hmm. and challenging him, and I think we've seen that growth from Maxi where he's passing the ball more. He's had these eight, you know, five, six, seven, yeah. eight assist games, lower, much lower turnover rate. Um, yeah, he's improved since since Calipari said that he yeah. may be ready now. Yes, and I think they have to try. You know, maybe not. It may not. Be, I don't know that they'll be. This will be a full game thing, I right? Because there, there are going to be some matchups and some defensive looks that they'll get that will. You know, your turbocharged Ashton Hagens is the way to go. But um, yeah. but I think they're going to. We're going to see plenty of it of, of Tyrese on the ball. All right, we're going to continue here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast with Kyle Tucker at the airport uh, and finish up as we look ahead to the game against Florida 1 o'clock tomorrow on CBS. This is Locked On Kentucky.
your team every day. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast, and we've been talking about how uh, you know the situation with Ashton Higgins on the bench Tuesday night against Tennessee, where he told Cal he didn't want to go back in, and then Cal told him, "Well, just go to the locker room." And and now Calipari has said, "Yeah, it's just heat of the moment. Uh, I get emotional too." Uh, and then he, he mentions this is a game-to-game team more than any I've coached. And so um, Kyle has done a little research and found that maybe the tweak here is uh, that, that Tyrese Maxey takes over more and runs more point. And when he has, uh, we've seen that go well. But how will Ashton Hagens handle that if he uh, is is running the team less and less going forward? It seems, though, that... Uh, we've seen it more already, um, you know, leading into this, and maybe that's where the frustration came from against Tennessee. Don't know, but uh, I think what you said, Kyle, about this team having Ashton on the floor and still being very, um, him being very helpful, is 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 right. I mean, they can. He, you know, Calipari has said, "I've told Ashton to take more shots when he's open." Uh, I don't think that's the answer, but to have him kind of hand off and they go through Tyrese more when, and and again, going back to game to game, this is the most game to game team I've ever coached. Meaning uh, if Nick Richards isn't got it going, he doesn't keep throwing it into Nick Richards and see if that works, if it's not going. So, if, I mean, if Tyrese's shot isn't falling and he doesn't have it going, he's not going to force it that way. But with Ashton, when he drives in there and throws it away, drives in there, can't finish, well, then it's it's him that's not got it going. So at that point, I, I would think, if you want to win games, uh, Ashton would understand that he doesn't have it going. Like, if, if these guys are as connected as, you know, Calipari leads us to believe and empowered and all that stuff, and they've bonded uh, the way Joel Justice said over meals during Christmas and they're close and all that, then I would think... Ashton would understand that too, but it's, but it's hard. It's hard yeah, to yeah. to swallow that. I mean, you know, there's an enormous amount of pressure. We've talked about the um, online hate, you know, that some of these guys get and Ashton has gotten as he's been a turnover machine lately. Um, yeah. I think there's also just that element. I mean, you know, you can be mad about it, but ego is part of the deal. I mean, Definitely. if you're a point guard, you're like a cornerback. You know, you've got to have some ego to you. you got to think you're the best guy. Um, and there's been a lot of things that have probably chipped away at his sort of um, self-image that mm-hmm. uh, Nick Richards is a player of the year candidate that they're promoting. And then Emmanuel quickly becomes a player of the year candidate they're promoting. And then this Tennessee game, you know, here comes Tyrese Maxey taking your point guard duty and, and making the offense look better than you made it look uh, in the, in the midst of this storm where everybody's criticizing the way you're playing point guard. Um, that's a lot on a kid, on a college sophomore. Uh, yeah. he's, not, he's not a kid. I, I hate to say that, but I mean, I think we say kid to, uh, they're obviously adults, but we say kid to acknowledge that they're in college. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, they are, I mean, they are I, kids. I mean, when I was a college sophomore, Boy, yeah. you could you could break my self confidence, or you could attack my ego, 
uh, with uh, you know uh, the touch of a feather. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you're uh, still de- your brain is actually still ve- developing. Yes. I mean, biologically, that's really going yeah. on. Your brain's still not fully developed, and yeah. you're figuring out your identity in life, who yeah. you are, and what values you stand for, and all that. All that's going yeah. on during those years. Yeah, and you know, and I mean, these guys are they are full people and we always appreciate when we meet that one that or a guy like Nate who's a little older and he's more of a fully formed person but a lot of these guys when they're 18 19 20 their entire identity is basketball and who they are as a basketball player and and who they think they are and I think who Ashton has thought all along he was was the leader of this team like this is my team right and yeah. I think he's been bombarded with signals lately that maybe it's not. Um, and, and, and hey, we saw it with the you know the the big three that went to uh, Miami, and it wound up you know Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. And that first year they didn't win the championship, and in between, Dwayne Wade went to LeBron and said, "Hey, you're not playing your game." Right. And LeBron's like, "Well, it's because it's your team, you know." And Dwayne's right. like, "Well, no, it's not my team." It's, it's your team if you need it to be your team. Play your game. And then we saw what happened. But those are fully grown adults. Right. And it They're was difficult. They're much more capable of, re- of yeah. coming to that conclusion than you know a kid in college. Right. But if this all works, now Calipari is already uh, a Naismith finalist. He was Coach of the Year finalist. That was came out today that he is he's one of ten candidates uh, that are named as semifinalists for Coach of the Year. Uh, who are the other guys? Uh, oh, here we are. Uh, it's um, Patrick Chambers of Penn State, Scott Drew of Baylor, Brian Dutcher of San Diego State, Mark Few of Gonzaga, Anthony Grant at Dayton, Leonard Hamilton, Florida State, Creighton's Greg McDermott, uh, Bruce Pearl at Auburn, and Mark Pope at BYU. And here we have John Calipari. Now, if this if he winds up uh, – putting Tyrese more at the point and playing Ashton off the ball a little more, and that works out, and they get to the Final Four, Calipari's got this thing on lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, it's, it's interesting. Some people were like, were like, what, Calipari? I mean, they lost to Evansville, and they just got this embarrassing loss to Tennessee. But I would, I would tell you that you know, the longer you get to look at this group, the more you know it's pretty short on elite talent that he's had in the past. This is not yeah. just like an overwhelming talent team. And, you know, these are project guys. I mean, pretty much across the board. Like, Nate Sestino a, was a, a Patriot League player. Uh, yeah. You know, Nick Richards, for two years, couldn't uh, chew gum and walk at the same time. Uh, Manuel quickly played, you know, scored five points a game last year and shot yeah. it, you know, most of the year. He didn't shoot it very well. Uh, and those guys are, are leading the team now. Um, Ashton, you know, Ashton Higgins is a great defender, but as as a point guard, he's like as an overall point guard, and certainly as an offensive point guard, he's way down the list of Calipari point guards. Um, you know, and Maxi is a really good player, but like they've had some, he's the best freshman they have, uh, yeah. and for most of the year, he's been their fourth best player. Um, so I yeah, mean, Maxi's the one that usually there's four of them. Right, four of those type talents. That's the thing, and they're only really playing. They're only really playing one freshman, you know, which tells you the the talent level that they brought in relative to past years. Um, yeah. And so, when you think of that, and you think of the fact that they want they they are going to win the SEC by maybe three or four games over everybody else, 
that they clinched it with a week to go in the season. Uh, they went on this crazy run of, you know, 16 wins and 18 games. It's I think it's actually a really good coaching job. Now, yeah, we'll find out. I mean, we can't judge the season until it's over. Uh, if it if it becomes team turmoil and this all everything that happened at the end of the Tennessee game wrecks this team, then maybe not as good of a coaching job. How how does he respond to everything that's swirling right now? But if they pull it back together and win a bunch more games, um, and there is a tweak, maybe. Yeah. And yeah. I mean. It's either him or Buzz for sure when it comes to the SEC Coach of the Year, and I think Buzz has really started to make a case. Yeah, um, right. And I, you know, I don't, I hadn't thought long enough about how he stacks up nationally, but I think he'd have a case if they got to the final. I don't know when they, I don't know if they wait till after the season. Does it say on there? Did you say? Uh, the the finalists will be announced March eighteenth. Oh, so that's a. And that's the finalist, and then the winner. That's only like will the be first weekend at the, the final four. <laughs> okay. Well, my gosh, Kyle! I have heard this guy cough like three times loudly next to you. You should get up and move. We should end this so that you can get away from <laughs> there's, potential there's actually, coronavirus. There's actually mean. nobody anywhere near me in here, so he must be really coughing loudly. He's loud. There's, there's no doubt. I'm, 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 I'm hearing it. And, there's like three rows of empty seats around me, so because, I probably, a, I'm probably patient zero now in Lexington. <laughs> Well, before, before we go, one last thing I wanted to hit on was that the uh, the net ranking, they're, they're updating them daily now. They had been updating them like every couple of days or so, but now they're daily. And Kentucky had dropped to, you know, was it 14th, which is the highest they had been ranked all season, and then they lose to Tennessee at home. And then they dropped to 21, and then they dropped again to 22nd without oh, wow. playing. But now they're back up to 21st. Uh, and Florida is now at 28th, so it would make the win if Kentucky were to win at Quad Florida. Wins. Yeah, that would be a top 30 road win, and the win in Rupp Arena, if Florida holds in the top 30, would be another quad one. So both wins over Florida would count. Uh, that's interesting. As quad quad one, but somebody else might have dropped out. Right. Uh, I haven't looked at all. Well, that LSU. Closely. I mean, LSU probably is no longer a quad one, even as a. Or maybe cl- be they're at the at 33. Edge. They're still at 33. LSU's still at 33 with the yeah. skid they've been on. Wow. Mm-hmm. But that's a, uh, you know that's a thing too. If they can win this Florida game and you and you you know as you're lining lining up selection Sunday, you know impressive impressive things. Uh, I would say winning at Arkansas, winning at Texas Tech, winning at LSU, winning at uh, Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, and then splitting the series with Auburn would be a pretty strong collection of wins. Then you have to weigh that against. Evansville, 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 Utah, and you know I'm curious. Like, just Tennessee's not like a horrible loss. It's a be- it's a worse loss at home. They're 55th right now. But I'm curious about that was a national TV game. You know, people are starting to tune. We're starting to tune in to Kentucky to say maybe they are a you know maybe they are a two seed. And so I think a lot of people were watching. I'm curious just the eyeball test of watching that thing unravel. How much that sticks in the minds of. Uh, committee members. And then lastly, uh, something to watch. Uh, today, it's it's late tonight, Friday night at 11.30, approximately 11.30. It is Allen Edwards, former Wildcat Allen Edwards and his Wyoming Cowboys are making noise in the Mountain West. Uh, and that's San Diego State's bracket. Uh, the second best team in there is Utah State. Well, uh Wyoming had come in, I think they'd won maybe like two games in conference. They're not doing well, like a seven-win 
season or something. Just just not doing well. They came into that Mountain West, and they knocked off Colorado State in the first round. Then they knocked off Nevada, and now they face Utah State in the semifinals opposite San Diego State and Boise State. Wow. And so the only way Wyoming's doing anything is if they win that tournament. So they would have to beat Utah State and presumably San Diego State. Unless Boise State pulls it upset, which is possible. Uh, so anyway, just interesting to keep an eye on. So if you're up late tonight looking for something to watch, you can watch Allen Edwards coaches Wyoming Cowboys in the Mountain West uh, tournament. Good stuff. All right, that's going to do it for us. We'll let Kyle get on his plane and uh, hopefully – Oh, gosh, Kyle, come back without stay, any sickness, Stay please. off the virus. Yes, fist bumps and all that. See what Don't I can do. Calipari cough on you. All uh, right. <laughs> but uh, uh, we uh, want you to make sure to follow us on Twitter. During the game, Kyle is a flurry of tweets. Sometimes I am... Uh, I don't tweet because I am at another game, and that'll be the case on Saturday as well. Uh, go see my kids play, and then I uh, come back and, and catch up on what I missed. Uh, but I am at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R, and Kyle is at? Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. All right, thanks for listening, guys. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Monday with a wrap-up of Florida. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.